Welcome to episode 30 of Justice with John Carpe, the podcast from the Justice Center for Constitutional Freedoms. I'm the show's producer, Kevin Steele, and I'm here with our host, John Carpe, who is the president and founder of the Center. This show, we're talking about the dilemma facing many Canadians. Do I take the COVID jab or the booster and keep my job, or do I stick to my guns, refuse, and possibly lose my job? What started out as a vague debate about vaccine passports quickly morphed into the reality of mandatory vaccines, as it should, because that's what vaccine passports are all about, using whatever power our government has, in collusion with private industry, to enforce state control over individuals. So, we're going to get some advice from John on what we can do if we are faced with the situation, take our jab or lose your job. But first, a quick word on passports. John, your regular passport, which has a photograph in it where your hair is all staticky and you have a stupefied vacant stare, that's valid for five years. And I think you can pay an extra fee to get a 10-year passport. How long do you think these vaccine passports will be valid for? Well, in Israel, they are talking about your vaccine passport not being valid uh, unless you've had your ongoing booster shots. And those might be once every six months, once every nine months, once a year. And the uh, coronavirus uh, czar of Israel has is now talking about a fourth shot. So, fourth. Right. So these vaccine passport cards, you envision them to be more like a subway card or a coffee card where you get little stickers until you, every six months you get a new sticker or something. You know, I, I predict, and I hope star. I'm wrong, you know, right now they talk about fully vaccinated, fully vaccinated, fully vaccinated, meaning two shots. Right. I would be very surprised if 12 months from now, <laughs> fully vaccinated means two shots. I think this is uh, this is the beginning of perpetual, permanent government control over your body. Uh, a tighter control than I mean, obviously, you know, we've got seatbelt laws and we've got laws that make it illegal to inject uh, heroin into your body. And you know, I mean, it's not like we have absolute bodily autonomy. So we do mm. have some restrictions with with drug laws and seatbelt laws being examples of that. But the, the, the vaccine passport really elevates the level and degree of government control compared to where things are at right now, uh, because now the government can say, well, you know, you've only had five shots in the past two years and you haven't had a shot in the last 12 months. So your passport's not up to date. So uh, either you get your, get your fifth shot or your 11th shot or your 13th shot uh, again, I hope I'm wrong. I mean, people, uh, if you had said a year and a half ago that we would have second class citizenship for people that do not wish to take an experimental vaccine, people would have said, oh, you know, John, that's that's crazy. That's paranoia. Right. A year and mm -hmm. a half ago, if we talked about mandatory vaccinations, every citizen must be vaccinated with this new uh, anti-COVID vaccine. People would have said you're dreaming in technicolor. And yet here we are, uh, we've got the federally, the prime minister uh, saying that, that in the fall, uh, international travel will be legal only for those fully vaccinated. And, and again, so I'm making this prediction that uh, 
in a year or two, fully vaccinated will mean having all seven shots or all 13 shots or all 12 shots. And we're going to be, uh, you know, vaccinated at the whim of uh, of politicians and bureaucrats and uh, experts, whether real experts or so designated, so-called. Uh, we're going to be at their whim, basically like a big herd of cattle, uh, having our masters decide what gets injected into our bodies as if our bodies do not belong to us. Oh yay! But, hey, I, that, but you look at you look at Israel now. So here we are in in yeah. September of 2021. A lot of people are getting the third shot. They're talking about the fourth shot, and the government's talking about how, in order to have a valid passport that you can use, you're going to have to get this shot uh, once every six months, nine months, twelve months on on a permanent basis. So you know, be careful of the uh, when you hear the term fully vaccinated. Uh, just ask yourself, what is fully going to mean in the future? Right. A lot of people have mentioned that this is basically your social credit thing starting here in North America or in free societies. The social credit score is what they have in China. Where you Clarify. Yeah, this is, we're not talking yeah. about the government of British Columbia that was voted out no, of no, office no, no, in 1991. No. And government uh, of the Alberta social credit government voted out in 1971. But this is the social credit system in China where the government can regulate your behavior by, uh, you know, denying you access to certain things uh, if they don't like your politics or your thinking or who you hang out with, who you associate with. Or how you exercise, actually, even that as well. They actually uh, give you social credit scores for taking so many walks or walking so many paces as well. So, I mean, it's just... Beyond belief, anyways, that seems to be where we're heading. Although down in the United States, they seem to have skipped the whole vaccine passport thing, and now they're going to mandatory vaccines right away. So that's uh, that was announced yesterday in uh, Joe Biden's speech. Which a lot how, of people how can they impose mandatory vaccines right away when aren't there the oh, cons- there's constitution? Lots of, <laughs> lots of reasons, but it blew up yesterday. I mean, a lot of people are speculating that Biden's just doing this in order to to distract from all his other screw-ups. So he's bringing in this and trying to upset people. Anyways, another issue, big topic, not really something we can affect at the moment. We'll, uh, I'll put a couple of links down below and you can read about it. I'm sure you already have. But anyways, uh, a thing that's affecting us particularly, and I will say this, you mentioned last week you're getting some new staff online. I heard that you're getting inundated with phone calls to the Justice Center as we're trying to get more staff online here. Anyways, that they're inundated with phone calls on people seeking advice on what to do because they're being threatened with vaccine passports uh, and mandatory vaccines from their employers. So maybe you can tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, it's it's a horribly sad, tragic. We've been approached by by literally hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people. We're probably well over a thousand people uh, all over Canada are contacting us saying, my employer is threatening to terminate my employment unless I get the vaccine. I have to get the vaccine by such and such date, you know, by, by September the 13th or September the 17th or get both vaccines by October the 15th. And if I don't, my boss is going to terminate my employment. What should I do? What are you telling him? Well, the mostly bad news, a little bit of good news. Uh, the, oh, the bad, nice. the bad news is that we are still understaffed 
That's changing, though. We've we've hired a, a new lawyer. We'll be sending out an email shortly. A new lawyer based in Calgary. Uh, another lawyer we're hiring in British Columbia based in Vancouver, but she won't be able to start until late September, early October, because she's a good woman and is therefore going to give proper notice to her current employer. Uh, but So we, we're going to have lawyers starting in um, BC, Alberta, and Ontario, at least three, possibly a second new lawyer in Ontario as well. So the legal team is, uh, I think we'll be at a dozen lawyers by, by the middle of October. And, so is that uh, the good news or the bad news? Hang on a sec. <laughs> well, so... That, that's the good news. The bad. Oh, here's here's the bad news. E- even if we had twenty staff lawyers instead of uh, ten or twelve, we are not in a position to take on wrongful dismissal lawsuits. The, we we cannot take on hundreds and hundreds of them. We will sue some governments. We are gearing up. We've already announced we're going to sue the government of Ontario over its vaccine passports. Mm-hmm. We're going to sue other provincial governments over the vaccine passports because they are a blatant violation of Charter Section 7, right to life, liberty, and security of the person. And the right to life, liberty, and security of the person includes bodily autonomy, bodily integrity, so that my body belongs to me. And it's not the government that gets to decide what I get injected with or not. Uh, as part of my bodily autonomy is I get to make a personal choice about whether I want to get injected with this experimental vaccine or not. Now, there can be reasonable limits on that. Okay, Mm -hmm. so for example, we've had laws on the book that you cannot inject yourself with heroin. You know, does that violate your right to control your body? I suppose that pretty obviously it does place a limit on that. You can't, you're not allowed to shoot up heroin it's illegal well it's not the shooting up it's the heroin though isn't it yeah i guess you could inject some uh drano <laughs> i don't know <laughs> anyway my, my my point is governments have the freedom to to justify they have an obligation to justify things before the courts okay so getting back to this employment thing so so the bad news is the justice center cannot help you with your uh, a private employer, because there's lots of private companies that are doing this. It's not just uh, the city of Calgary and Alberta Health Services and many municipalities across uh, across the country and, and provincial governments. It's lots and lots of private sector companies that are telling their employees, you get double vaccinated by October the 15th or else you're going to lose your job. So what we do have on our website is a letter that uh, politely challenges the employer to address concerns. And so uh, you can find that www.jccf.ca. There's a COVID section to the website and there's a frequently asked uh, question section. And there's a letter there that you can, you can pull up. And I won't read the whole thing word for word, but I'll, I'll go through some of the Uh, points in the letter. So it says, Dear Mr. or Ms. whatever, send send the letter to your employer. Whoever it was that sent you the letter saying you must get vaccinated, you address the letter back to that person. I write in response to your demand that I receive the new experimental COVID vaccine or risk losing my job. I have a number of concerns. Your policy ignores existing natural immunity. 
Okay, so that's a big issue. The vaccine is not, uh, at least in Israel uh, and in Iceland and other places, the vaccine is not protecting against the Delta variant. So the vaccine is very narrow. This was predicted months ago, you know, that the vaccine's not going to, it's not going to work against variants. So, so what's the point? If some new variant's going to come along and the vaccine offers no protection against it, where's the help? Where's the salvation in that? But natural immunity is better for fighting off all kinds of variants, right? Whereas the vaccine is fixated on, on one variant only. The COVID shots do not prevent transmission. This is crucial. Uh, right now in the Canadian election, uh, the unvaccinated are being vilified as a bunch of uh, selfish, rotten, evil uh, people that that are uh, death spreaders that are responsible for killing grandma, etc., cetera, etc., cetera. Uh, or infecting the vaccinated for infecting some the vaccinated. Reason. Okay, there's no science there, and the vilification it's different only in the degree. I mean, some people uh, like the episode our podcast last week. We we played a quote from Justin Trudeau speaking to a rally. And he was pretty clear about, you know, those people. And mm. so that was stronger. But you get the same attitude in more polite language. You know, you get people that are, you know, I'm sorry, you're not allowed to come to my wedding if you haven't been vaccinated. And, you know, it's, it's just that we're just really concerned about health and safety. and We want to protect everybody. Like sometimes it's put out in very nice language. Uh, it's polite. There's no name calling. You're not being told that you're evil or stupid, but you're still being told, well, you're not going to be the maid of honor uh, in in my wedding party. You're not going to be the best man in my wedding party. Uh, you're not allowed to come to the family reunion. Uh, you're not allowed to see your own grandkids. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, the big, the big lie there is that the vaccinated, sorry, that the unvaccinated are worse spreaders than the vaccinated, and that's not scientific. Uh, and backing up a little bit further, asymptomatic people, so healthy people, if you're not running a fever uh, and shortness of breath, blah, 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 if you're feeling healthy, you're already not a spreader, whether you're vaccinated or not. Uh, so it's only sick people that should stay home, whether they're vaccinated or not. But there's no, uh, there's no difference, there's no scientific basis for saying that there's this huge difference between the, the vaccinated and the unvaccinated. Okay, fair enough. Now we're still, well, we just finished point two, did we? That's point two. Point three in the letter, violation of the Charter and of human rights. Now, the Charter does not apply Ah. to, the Charter does not apply to- Human rights. That was my question that was coming, human rights. You're covering it. That's great. Sorry. Sorry. So the Charter does not apply to private employers. So if, uh, you know, Starbucks or McDonald's or Canadian Tire or Walmart- comes up with a policy saying you must be vaccinated by October the 15th, otherwise you're going to get fired. You don't have a charter argument to uh, to support your position because the charter does not apply to Walmart and McDonald's and Starbucks and Canadian Tire. The charter applies to government. So the Justice Center will be suing Alberta Health Services over its threat to terminate the employment of doctors and nurses and other health healthcare workers, we had a had a very so well attended Zoom meeting uh, just recently, and uh, we will be 
you heard it here first on the podcast. I don't know when the news release is going out, but we're planning to sue Alberta Health Services over its uh, declaration that uh, only the vaccinated are, are sufficiently pure to, uh, to be working for Alberta Health Services. Is that with clients? Yes. That, yeah. Okay, good. We're in the process of getting clients. We've already got some that are definitely putting their name forward that are not going to get the vaccine who will end up uh, getting their employment terminated. And by the way, talking about bad news, the bad news is you do not have a legal cause of action against your employer unless and until you are actually terminated. So it's kind of a, it's a horrible situation for people to be in. If you're like most people, you don't have the extra million sitting in the bank. So you do need your job in order to pay your mortgage, support your family, feed your loved ones. But unless you push the envelope and actually say, no, I'm not taking the vaccine and then get fired. It's only when you get fired that you can sue for wrongful dismissal and you have a legal cause of action. So no rage quitting. Quitting won't help you, right? If you quit, you got no cause, right? If you quit your job, you've got no cause. Now, there is a claim for a constructive dismissal. Constructive dismissal means where your boss makes your working conditions so miserable that effectively your boss is forcing you out. And that could be by changing your job title, changing your position, changing your responsibilities, changing your working environment, you know, moving you from a a nice... uh, well-lit office with well-filtered air and then suddenly putting you into a windowless little office in the basement with that that smelly basement air. I'm exaggerating, but that would be an example, right? You've got a significant change in your working environment. So constructive dismissal is kind of like getting fired, except instead of your boss saying you're fired, you know, pack up your stuff and I'm marching you out the door. What the boss has done instead is made your working conditions miserable, so miserable that you're effectively forced out. And then it it can be akin to getting fired. Right. Now, some bosses are going to say, look, if you don't get the vaccine, we're going to make you wear a face shield and a mask both. And you're going to have to get tested, you know, every day or three times a week. And then it becomes a legal question. Does that uh, make your job so different and is it such a step downwards that that qualifies as constructive dismissal i'm not sure what the answer is uh, on that right okay fair enough i i don't know if this fits now or you want to go into it later the human rights aspect of it that's what i'm interested in of course because we have had human rights cases well you know for for a generation now where we're looking at people with various conditions or you know uh fired for various medical reasons, that kind of thing. So we've got something on the books, at least, to look at. How does it apply in this situation? Well, that's more bad news. Here's how, <laughs> here, here's how it works. You, The Human Rights Act, and this would be very similar in, in every Canadian province, and there's a federal Human Rights Act that is for the whole country that applies to federally regulated industries like like uh, the the banks and the airlines for example the human rights acts prohibit discrimination on the basis of a disability or a medical condition or a uh, religion and conscience those are grounds along with race ethnicity national origin gender sexual orientation sexual uh, gender expression gender identity there's all these different grounds 
Okay. Okay. So the, the government of British Columbia is offside with its own human rights legislation when the government of British Columbia says you need to have a vaccine passport showing that you're double vaccinated by such and such a date in order to go to a restaurant or, or go to a gym or whatever, participate in, in society. You cannot do it unless you've got a vaccine passport. How is it offside? That's what I don't get. Well, there's no exceptions for oh, okay. for medical condition that I'm aware of. There's no exceptions okay. for medical conditions or for religious or conscientious uh, conscientious objectors. Right. Okay. So, but here's the problem: if you are somebody who says, uh, and there'd be a lot of you know a lot of Canadians would be in in this situation would be saying, "Look, I am." Uh, 50 years old, I'm 60 years old, I'm in good health, I'm not afraid of COVID, I have no reason to fear COVID. Uh, COVID is dangerous only to a small number of people. We know who those people are. They are the elderly people in their 70s and 80s and 90s that already have serious health conditions that are already in poor health. They are the people that should be afraid of COVID. If you're under 70, then your chance of dying in a car accident is bigger than your chance of dying of COVID. And if you are a child, your chance of getting killed by a lightning strike is in the same range as your chance of getting killed by COVID. So you have people who are, they're they're not of a particular religious faith. They don't have a particular medical condition, but they are kind of regular Canadians who say, I don't fear COVID. If I do get COVID, I am going to take my chances with uh, ivermectin and vitamin D because there are scientific studies showing that they are often an effective treatment, not not in all cases, but, you know, that's true of pretty much most medicines don't work 100% of the time. Um, and I do not want a vaccine because the the mRNA is experimental. Uh, there, nobody knows what the long-term effects will be of the mRNA vaccine. Uh, all the people getting it are effectively human guinea pigs, human lab rats, because we don't know what the long-term consequences are. So I don't want to take that chance. I don't want to risk uh, myocarditis. I don't want to risk uh, other illnesses and side effects that people are experiencing. I don't want to risk death. And so for me, on a risk-benefit analysis, as somebody that's generally healthy and under 70, it makes no sense. And it does not make me a more loving person towards my neighbor because getting vaccinated does not prevent me from transmitting a virus to somebody else. So even love of neighbor is not a rational scientific argument in favor of of the vaccine. The only rational argument is that it can be good for me to reduce the severity of symptoms. So if I get COVID, or at least the COVID virus that we have had, because apparently it's not working against new variants, but at least I can get less severe symptoms. And so that might save my life, potentially. Okay. Bring it on back. So you're so, saying this person has, so this, doesn't have a this case. Person, I'm saying this person doesn't have a case. If you're somebody that that on a balance, on just doing a, a rational scientific analysis, looking at the evidence, and you're doing a pros and cons, a costs benefits analysis for yourself, if you conclude that for yourself, the risks and, and dangers are higher or greater than the benefits, so therefore you don't want to take the vaccine, you do not have a human rights claim. You only have a human rights claim if you can get your doctor to say that you 
Mark Smith, just a generic name I'm pulling out of a hat. John Smith is so common, right? So say, well, Mark Smith. Okay, you, Mark Smith, have a medical condition, so you cannot, uh, so the vaccine would be harmful to you, Mark Smith. So you just need a doctor's note, but. Just, well. Okay, well, yeah, you know, I know. They're threatening give it, doctors now. Give it, so, a, yeah. give, it a, give it a try. I mean, I, I would be pleasantly surprised if there are, I hope I'm wrong. I don't think there'd be a lot of doctors out there that would be willing to write a note to somebody who said, look, my own reading and my own research tells me that it's not wise for me to get this vaccine. So therefore, I don't want to get it. I don't know how many doctors are going to write a note saying that you have a medical condition that precludes you from getting the vaccine. So where human rights... Well, that's legit- untruthful, wouldn't it? Yeah, I, but... Oh, I see what you're saying. They wouldn't lie is what you're saying. Yes. Okay. I agree. Okay. You know, unless I'm not a doctor, so I don't know how the doctor's ethics work. On on the other hand, I I would argue that, you know, a doctor should be able to exercise his or her professional judgment. And if there is a doctor who believes, uh, based on the science, that a under 70 or under 60 Canadian uh, who is in good health runs a greater risk of harm from the vaccine than they do the harm from COVID. That, in my view, is enough of a medical basis for the doctor to write notes saying, you know, for medical reasons, uh, my patient should not get the vaccine. And so I, there's I, stress and anxiety. I mean, to me, a lot of people, you know, they, they actually fear the vaccine and it would cause severe stress and anxiety. To me, well, considering that they prescribe all kinds of medications to get rid of severe stress and anxiety tells me that that is a medical condition, but yeah, I'm speculating. So from a, from a human rights perspective, okay. So, so British Columbia, and I think this will, this would also hold true in Quebec and will soon hold true in probably every province in Canada. British Columbia is offside. If, if in British Columbia, if you have a particular medical condition that makes it such that it's uh, incredibly dangerous and risky and harmful for you to get the vaccine. If you went and if you had a doctor confirm that you have a medical condition that prevents you from or precludes you from getting the vaccine, the government is required to honor that. So the government would have to give you a passport and say, okay, we're giving you a vaccine passport anyway, you know, with a note in there that that even though you didn't get the vaccine, but you've got good medical reasons for not getting the vaccine. So the government would effectively have to give a a passport to somebody with a medical condition. And it would be illegal for the government, uh, as well as any, you know, business to discriminate against uh, an unvaccinated person who had a medical condition. But the problem with the human rights legislation is that it doesn't apply to your Mark Smith healthy Canadian that believes, based on science, based on evidence, believes that it's not in his best interest to get the vaccine. That's not, that doesn't found a human rights claim. Mm. So their best approach is the wrongful dismissal thing then? That's now, you can argue approach. wrongful dismissal, and here you're, you're taking your chances, depending on whether you get a judge who swallows blindly everything that, that he or she hears on the 6 o'clock news, and there are such judges, uh, or if you get a, a judge that is going to actually take a hard look at the science and the evidence and, and really 
base his or her decision on that and not, you know, not like uh, Chief Justice uh, Hinkson in British Columbia basically saying, I believe everything that Dr. Bonnie Henry says. I accept that to be the truth. And now let's let's get on with life. And that's a very gross, rough paraphrase, but that's kind of his attitude uh, when, when you read right. the, the judgment, which is now under appeal and is going to the BC Court of Appeal. So from an employment law perspective, if your employer terminates your employment because you didn't take the vaccine, you can sue for wrongful dismissal. And now the science would come into play in the courtroom because the employer would be arguing, well, I needed to terminate Mark Smith's employment in order to create a safe workspace or workplace for everybody else. Mm -hmm. And Mark Smith would argue, well, no, uh, unvaccinated people are not uh, any more or less of a risk to society than the vaccinated people. The only thing the vaccine does for you is it provides the recipient of the vaccine with a greater level of protection against symptoms. It doesn't even stop you from getting COVID. It just means that your symptoms will be less severe. So the vaccine has a personal benefit to the person receiving it. That's it. It doesn't stop transmission. Uh, it doesn't stop the virus from spreading. So therefore, you've terminated my employment without a valid basis because you're your whole thing that I'm that I as an unvaccinated person am a threat to other people because I'm a dangerous virus spreader and the vaccinated people are not virus spreaders. That's not scientific. It doesn't hold water. Right. So then this would come before a judge and the judge would rule on, uh, you know, rule in favor of the employer or, or would rule in favor of the employee. But a lot of it's not going to lead to wrongful dismissal. I think what most employers, because they don't really like court cases either, and they don't like to lose. I think a lot of employers are going to do, they're going to go to like half measures and say, okay, well, if you don't want to get vaccinated, then you have to uh, wear a mask at all times. Or you have to wear a mask plus a face shield, or you have to work from home, or you have to, uh, you know, lock yourself in your own little office, or you're not allowed to come to the common kitchen area. You know, a lot of businesses, companies have like right, a yeah. staff, staff kitchen. You're not allowed into the staff kitchen. Uh, you're not allowed within six feet of other people. The employer could impose a whole bunch of conditions like that on the unvaccinated employee and not terminate their employment. And then the ball is back in the court of the unvaccinated person are you going to consider, and you, you should get specific legal advice from an employment law lawyer, you know, are you going to put up with all this and just suck it up and be a second class employee? Or are you going to say, no, this is constructive dismissal. Uh, it's violation of my human dignity. I should be allowed to go into the staff kitchen and uh, I, I should not have to be treated like a leper. I should not have to behave like a leper. Uh, I should be allowed to uh, enjoy the equal dignity with other employees. Right. There's also labor relations boards as well, isn't it? Lawyers would be taking cases to them as well. I'm not sure how it works nowadays. I'm going back to my early days of employment when I got into a tussle with my employer and uh, I went to a labor lawyer and he took it before a labor relations board. And uh, health and safety as well. So I'm not sure if these other agencies would get involved at all. But 
Well, I saw I saw a union leader quoted in the in the in the media recently, and and he was very upset at the government not uh, this a leader of an Alberta union. I forget which name it was. I forget which union. Probably the uh, union of uh, Alberta public employees or government employees. I don't know. Public uh, sector. Yeah, and and the union leader was not happy with the situation uh, and, and said, you know, the government should just be making a rule for the whole province. And I think this is because the, the unions have mixed feelings about this. Uh, on the one hand, the unions are supposed to advocate for their members. And so when you have union members, like I'll be speaking at a rally in Calgary shortly that, that has um, a policemen and um, I think mostly retired policemen. I'm not sure about on duty uh, but uh, policemen and nurses and firefighters who are union members, they've asked their union, would you please stand up for me? Because my employer is telling me that I need to get injected with an experimental substance. And the I think the unions hate it because um, as far as I can tell, most people are in favor or at least not opposed to these vaccination policies. So the unions, life yeah, would be easier for the that. unions, right? If, if yeah. nobody objected to this, the unions would kind of shrug their shoulders and life would go on its merry way and all the employees would get vaccinated and the union wouldn't have to do anything about it because everybody's in favor of it. So there's not an issue, right? Yeah, but, but now the, the unions, unions did I a think, great, they did a great job with that nurse's uh, situation with the vaccine versus masks before the pandemic. You, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Pre-COVID, sure. the unions, absolutely. Yeah. The unions did went to court. Job. Yeah. And said for on behalf of their employees that their employees should not be required to wear masks uh, just for refusing to get the annual flu shot. Yeah, yeah. So I would assume that they haven't changed their tune, but I guess you know because you're uh, fighting the uh, a medical establishment, or at least you know part of it anyway. Uh, that's probably making them feel uneasy. However, you know, I'm, I'm getting the sense the tide is turning slowly. You know, you had mentioned that the majority are in favor of this. The only reason I mention this is because yesterday I was watching a poll on CTV News and was, you know, are you in favor of punishing the, uh, penalizing the unvaccinated? And uh, it was 24% approved and about 76% opposed. And that was really surprising. And it stayed like that going from about 6,000 to 30,000 on the poll. So there was a, I mean, I have hey, a feeling you know that we're being I, gaslit I, I, by all these polls that saying there's great support for vaccine passports. I question that. Yeah, so that's I, that's encouraging to hear that even though it's, you know, it, it, it's one poll, it's anecdotal, it's not yeah, scientific. I know, Although I think, I think scientific polling went the way of the dodo bird several elections ago. Uh, even prior to Donald Trump beating Hillary Clinton in 2016, I think the polling had already, you know, gone out the door to a large extent uh, over and over and over again in various in Canadian provinces and U.S. states in different countries. But, oh, yeah, but, but you know what they do with the election polling is they, they push poll, push poll, push poll right up until the end. And then without any publicity, they slip up the real results on their website. And then, you know, when it comes out as it's, you know, not the push poll way, but the real way, then they say, look, we got it right. Just go to our website. You know, I don't remember seeing that in the news. Oh, but we put it up on our website. What's Anyways. a push poll? Is that where it's like questions? 
slanted yeah. questions in order to influence the person who is being asked. Yeah, and also to influence people that are considering voting for somebody. They call them suppression polls as well, you know, where you basically defeat, try to defeat people before they even get to the polls. Oh, yeah. it's, you know, 76%. Oh, man, I mean, I must be totally out of sync with everybody. I'm going to have to just go with the flow or not go and vote at all, that type of thing. So, okay. I, I am, But it's uh, encouraging to hear that, that, that this one informal CTV poll, should the unvaccinator be penalized for their choice not to get a vaccine and 76% say yeah. no other shoe. Now, but I there, wonder there were, too, like, I just wanna, but does, I, does penalize mean throwing somebody in jail or do, do part of this 76% say, well, they shouldn't be penalized by way of having to pay a fine, but it's okay to discriminate against them by saying that they're not allowed to fly on an airplane, they're not allowed to go to the restaurant, they're not allowed to go to the gym, their children are not allowed to go to school. And that's all well and good because it is their choice to not get vaccinated. So with that choice should come all of these consequences like becoming a second-class citizen. Well, I don't know. I mean, I I was following this thing through another website that I check periodically, the uh, greatawakening.win site. And I just want to say there's about 10 of our listeners that went, aha, I knew it when I said that. But yeah, that's one of the that I check in on uh, for news stories uh, as because they have a, a large group that scans. Anyways, they were keeping an eye on the poll. That's how come I know that there weren't any severe jumps in the poll, and so it looked pretty honest. Uh, I didn't pay you know any attention to the story below it, but that's I just mentioned it, and I thought it was somewhat encouraging to see that. Anyways. So uh, on with our list. Are we done? Uh, what we're going to, you know, you're telling people what to, so, how to construct you know, So back letters? to the big question, my, my employer, uh, my employer says I need to get double vaccinated by such and such date or else I'll lose my job. So the letter on our website that you can, it, it's fairly non-confrontational in, in my view compared to what it mm-hmm. could be. It says, you know, I have the following concerns. So uh, natural immunity concerns, uh, the concern that the, COVID vaccine does not prevent transmission. Concerns about uh, violation of charter right to bodily autonomy, although mm-hmm. that doesn't apply to private sector. Right. Uh, another issue that's raised is liability for adverse reactions to COVID vaccines. Uh, Health Canada has warning labels for the Pfizer, Moderna, and Johnson & Johnson vaccines for myocarditis, pericarditis, and Bell's palsy and thrombosis. Can you confirm that you as my employer will accept all liability for any adverse reactions employees may suffer as a result of taking vaccines mandated by you? Question mark. Oh, that's a killer. That's beautiful. Well, it's, it's a, it, <laughs> that's it's, good stuff. <laughs> it's, a, it's a fair question and it needs to be asked. And I think employers, if they want to have integrity, they can't have it both ways. They can't say, oh, we, we're going to force people to get the vaccine on threat of job loss because, you know, the vaccines are so wonderful and the unvaccinated are, you know, a bunch of vile, dirty disease spreaders. And so we can't have the unvaccinated working here. Somewhat deplorable. But then at the same time say, oh, but, you know, if you get hurt by the vaccine, well, that's, that's not my fault. That's not my problem. Well, actually it is because you're putting duress on people to take the vaccine I have heard and spoken with a number of people that are just, they're absolutely between a rock and a hard place. Mm. Not everybody can work from home. Not everybody can just jump to a different job very easily. 
a friend of mine's a, a teacher at a private school in Ontario, and the private school said to all teachers, "Let get the vaccine or get fired." Now he cannot, and I, I haven't even talked to him recently. I don't know what his final decision was. He can't just snap his fingers and and walk over to some other private school somewhere else. It's not that easy, right? Mm. So for a lot of people, they are going to get the shot against their will. And it's going to be uh, because they they cannot uh, just stop working. They can't stop supporting their family. There's a lot of people, they don't have excess funds in the bank. They need to be working all the time because they've got their their mortgage payment, their rent payment, their groceries. And they don't, you know, uh, some people are fortunate enough. They're going to, oh, you know, I'm going to take a few months off. Well, good for you. I mean, there are people that financially can take a few months off. They've got enough savings. But most people are not in that position. Sure. But this, uh, this whole idea of liability, you ask this question and they go, no way. What do you do? doesn't make any difference to them. I'm not taking any liability. I think it, I think it buttresses your case okay. legally. If the employer says, uh, either you get vaccinated or you get fired, but if the employer declines to accept any liability for, for what might happen to you, it's just, you, you can't have it both ways. You can't have your cake and eat it. But you can't force people to get vaccines. Your case. That's what it bolsters. It bolsters yeah. your case if you're. Okay. Here's the thing: people look. Most things don't go to court. Right. right. Most okay. things in life get negotiated. This is part of the negotiation. You ask the employer, "Are you willing to accept liability?" And if the employer says no, and I say, "Well, why not?" I mean, where's your confidence? On the one hand, right, you're so confident about this vaccine, you're going to fire people for not taking it. On the other hand, you're refusing to accept liability for damage caused by the vaccine. Well, that's a completely contradictory position. If you're that confident that the vaccine is that wonderful, then why don't you say, yes, we're forcing everybody to take it or else you can get fired. And, you know, and yeah, of course, we'll, we'll accept, we'll pay for your medical bills if you get harmed by it. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just, so this is part of the negotiation. The other one is breach of privacy laws. That's the last point in the letter. Uh, finally, I'm concerned about the privacy implications of your threat of uh, loss of my employment, uh, that if I do not divulge personal and confidential medical information, uh, I'm concerned that your policy is in violation of existing privacy legislation. I request your explanation on this point. I mean, a lot of it is, you know, politely, firmly tossing things back in the employer's right. face. And you know, during a job interview, yeah. you know, it's funny, sad you know, during a job interview, you're not allowed to ask people. There's all kinds of questions you're not allowed to ask. Like you can't ask a person about their age. You can't ask uh, about their uh, their sexual orientation. Uh, you can't ask about their religion. Uh, all these things you can't ask about because if you do, you could get into trouble because if you don't hire the person, you leave yourself open to a human rights complaint where somebody says, well, you didn't hire me because of my religion, because of my sexual orientation, because of my race, because of my ethnicity, et cetera, et cetera. But employers, public sector, private sector, universities, banks, all these employers are stating on their websites, we expect you to be fully vaccinated if you want to apply. And if you're not fully vaccinated, don't apply for work here. So there's no medical privacy on what uh, I think ought to be a, a personal medical issue. Right. Yeah, that's true. Again, I, because because the unvaccinated are not 
disease spreaders in comparison to the vaccinated. And for that reason, it should be a private matter. True. Uh, I just want to ask you, I know you are reading this from notes. I assume these are notes you made. Are you going to have these typed up and stuck on the website? Because that would be really helpful to have that. So you could just point people to that as a resource. Oh, here you go. The letter is on the website. So if you go to www. Yeah, it's already there. If you go to www.jccf.ca and you go to the COVID section and then you go to the frequently asked questions and then there's a question there, uh, something like, my employer says, uh, take the shot or lose my job. What should I do? Mm -hmm. And then right there, there's a link to this letter and you can take the the letter uh, and basically... At the top, put, you know, dear Mr. Smith, write it to your employer, write it to the same person that sent you the nasty email about the vaccine and write it right back to them and say, dear Mr. Smith, blah, 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 sign it, fire it off and see what your employer says and enter into discussions about it. Because one of the central principles of of the law is reasonableness, right? That's the first thing you get taught in law school is that you know, everything's about being reasonable. Now, people, reasonable people do disagree about what is reasonable or not. So it's not a, it's not a magic cure. It's not a silver bullet. But if an employer is going to terminate an employee's employment, uh, that has to be reasonable. And reasonableness would include things like the medical basis and the natural immunity the whole question of transmission and are the unvaccinated actually worse spreaders than the vaccinated? And if yes, what evidence is there? Uh, you know, fear mongering on the six o'clock news is not ev- is not evidence. I mean, you need some real evidence, not just uh, something that the chief medical officer is announcing at a at a news conference. What about, uh, well, I know in the legal community, you do something called service. When you're getting this letter to the employer, do you have to hand it to them yourself or is simply mailing it fine? Do you have to, like, you know, can they deny they received it? Oh, we didn't receive that. I, I guess if you it, wanted to be extra wrong. sure, you could, you, could, you could send off the email and then you could print the email and uh, walk it over to <laughs> print it and put it in an envelope and hand it off to the recipient. I, if you wanted to be extra sure, you could certainly print it off. But not necessary, right? Because the whole thing is about being reasonable. Is that it? Yeah, exactly. Okay, fair enough. Okay. Okay, so we've covered that. That's uh, what other questions are coming in uh, to the office. Oh, there is one thing I did want to mention because it came out of the area, out of my area on vaccine passports, and it actually made news all over the place. Uh, That was a story about 12 mayors that signed a letter calling for vaccine passports and masks. Did you see that story, John? I just skimmed it briefly, but you're going to have to do the heavy lifting on explaining. Mayors signed this letter. Uh, and you mean the sold Alberta mayors? Uh, they are Edmonton area mayors, actually. Or Edmonton so, area. So sort of okay. around my area here. And uh, they had signed it and uh, it made quite a splash because, you know, oh, we're opposing the, the provincial government here and we're calling for these measures. What well, won't somebody think of the children? Well, today a story <laughs> appeared in the local paper, and I noticed it didn't get reprinted in Yahoo News where the 12 mayors story got printed. Anyways, it turns out that 
a mayor out of the county of Leduc actually had not signed the letter in its final form. They were negotiating how to produce this letter, and she never wanted to call for vaccine passports. She didn't actually sign that letter. And then farther down in the story, you'll see that the same thing happened to two other mayors. They didn't sign it. So as it works out, there were like four that had confirmed that they had signed it, three that had confirmed that they had objected, and then there were five that they couldn't get an answer from to find out whether they had the same experience as the uh, the, the people that had uh, assumed they were signing something else. <clears throat> so there you go. About a third of those people were actually in uh, cahoots with the letter, and the other people, well, three we know weren't, and the other ones won't answer the phone. <laughs> so, I mean, this is just – this is uh, – an example of a lack of integrity on the part of the media who are supposed to double check, uh, double verify. I mean, yeah. I've never worked as a as a journalist, but it's my understanding from the the, the code of ethics uh, uh, of the Canadian Association of Journalists and other similar associations that you're supposed to verify by asking, and you don't just accept a claim at face value. Uh, you actually yeah, well, there's, it seems to be something else. Maybe there's something else slimy going on here. Um, so uh, I, I wanted to mention that. The other story that I wouldn't mind just briefly sticking in here, which was really kind of relates back to where we were talking about ivermectin. There was a story that appeared out of the United States uh, where a doctor was saying that there were all these calls and uh emergency visits based on people overdosing on ivermectin. It became a huge story reported worldwide. Uh, I think the original came out of Rolling Stone. And uh, so people started checking into that story. It turned out the doctor who was making the claim that of all these ivermectin injuries hadn't actually worked at the hospital in a couple of months. The photo they used with the story was just people sort of lining up uh, and it also made claims about uh, the Just a stock, a stock photo. Stock photo, yeah. And they were all dressed up in winter coats in the middle of summer. So it wasn't even a good stock photo for the, the story. Anyways, it was all bogus. And uh, yeah, it got totally debunked, you know, and uh, Rolling Stone had to issue a retraction because these injuries just weren't happening. The, the, uh, the hospital issued a statement saying, uh, well, this guy actually doesn't work here. Well, he works here, but he's only part-time, and he hasn't been here in a couple of months. Anyway, so just more media malfeasance uh, on the whole issue of therapeutics and uh, fitting a pattern that we've seen throughout the uh, entire pandemic, uh, not only on therapeutics, but on pretty much all the science. Anyways, I did ask you... If you had other concerns about what people are phoning in, are there any other issues that you want to that's, address? That's 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 the big one, and yeah. uh, you know the the solution, the, the interim solution is ask ask the questions. You can use the letter that's on the Justice Center's website, mm. send it to your employer, and if your employer is not backing up their demand, they're putting the employer is putting himself into a weaker legal position because if you're pushing a demand on an employee to get a vaccination, you the demand should be supported by science and not just a bunch of hype. It can't just be some, you know, virtue virtue signaling, well everybody's doing it, so we should do it too. Uh, it doesn't work that way. You need some real reasons. So you have to push back 
on it and and to to ask questions and raise concerns and enter into dialogue is a good way of pushing back on it. But ultimately, dialogue uh, meaning negotiations is that what you mean? By dialogue? dialogue and negotiations. Oh, you know, you okay. have to uh, you have to push back on it mm. and and just start asking the questions and. of employers are not going to be able to answer any of these questions. They're, they're just riding a wave. They're just kind of going along with it. You know, it's, it's pink shirt day. It's yellow shirt day. It's orange shirt day there. It's just this big virtue signaling bandwagon. And if you start asking questions, you find out that people, they don't know, or or they just repeat what's on the six o'clock news. Well, it's for everybody's safety. But then you say, okay, well, uh, what scientific studies can you uh, point to that would support your position that unvaccinated people are worse spreaders or greater spreaders of a virus as compared to vaccinated people? Mm. Where's your science? Where's your research? And very quickly, you'll find out people are just they're just parroting what they heard a politician say or what they heard a you know a chief medical officer uh, say on the six o'clock news. So okay, this well, is, you, you push back to the starting point. It's it's not a silver bullet. It's not going to guarantee that you're not going to lose your job, but it's mm-hmm. that type of pushback slows things down. Okay. So suppose you say offer resistance, back, offer peaceful, oh, yeah, nonviolent okay, resistance, you know, by, by questioning and by pushing back. Okay. That's good. Now, just to circle back a little bit to the letter, I, I thought we had left it behind, but I just have this question. Suppose you sent the letter and they don't reply at all. I mean, they send it off to their legal department. Their legal department freaks out and says, okay, just don't don't answer any of these questions. Just ignore it. Does that bolster your case or does that bolster Just theirs? be politely persistent. Okay. And you follow up and you say, well, I haven't had a, uh, I haven't had a response yet. Why not? And if you get, you know, a follow-up letter, why haven't you had your vaccine yet? Say, well, why haven't you responded to my questions yet? And just politely, you know, don't don't be docile when somebody is trying to harm you by pressuring you into something that violates your bodily autonomy. It, it should be your choice whether you want to get injected with this experimental vaccine. And I say it's experimental. Yes, you know, I'm reading a uh, I'm reading a, an online article I stumbled across today from uh, uh, was on CTV News about how you know the Nuremberg Code of Medical Ethics is not being violated, and the author is arguing that these approved vaccines are not experimental. I say they are experimental because normally it takes five or ten years before vaccines are released to the public on a large scale, and here we've had vaccines that were very rapidly developed uh, and we're barely out of the gates and we're finding out that for many people, the vaccine only provides immunity against one uh, variant only and only for a short amount of time. We're finding people after three months, after five months, after six months, it's as if they haven't had the vaccine. So you need another one and another one and another one and another one. Well, this person that was arguing that these are approved, I mean, that's pretty dodgy at the moment from what I understand about the whole Pfizer approval. The actual vaccine that they're using wasn't approved. Another one was approved. So they're kind of playing like, uh, you know, measurement, the the P, find the P under the shell kind of thing. Uh, Yeah, I mean, that's it's a little bit beyond me. I 
I could explain it, but <laughs> I'm not quite sure. But it sounds like there was no approval on the vaccines. They're still under emergency approval. And that's why there's no liability for Pfizer because they're using the one that isn't approved. As soon as they approve a vaccine and they're using it, then the company accepts liability. So uh, yeah, that's my understanding. Anyways, just wanted to throw that in there. It's not a topic that we've covered in the past. Well, Kevin, until next week. Hey, I'm supposed to say that. <laughs> okay, John. All right. Thanks, uh, thanks a lot uh, for participating in episode 30 of Justice with John Carpe. Looking forward to talking to you next week. Okay, take care. Take care. See you, Kevin.